Hello, beloved. Welcome to the Sacred Sister Podcast, where we normalize the magic and sacralize the mundane. In this podcast, we open up dialogue on metaphysical subjects, self-healing tools, expanding consciousness, and deepening awareness. We're here to support you in co-creating a life full of healing, meaning, and magic. If you are brand new here, welcome and hello. We're so excited to have you here. If you want to know more about what's come before, season one was great for building foundations on spiritual practices. Season two, we focused on relationships, and now we're in season three. The season of the Empress, where we open deep dialogue with conscious entrepreneurs who are spearheading their sacred mission. We have an amazing lineup this season, so make sure that you subscribe if you haven't already. Now a bit about us. I'm your host, Britt, a self-study entrepreneur, personal transformation coach, and content creator. I'm prompting you to come to know the self more fully, because when we can acknowledge who we are as unique individuals, our potential to experience life gets a whole lot more interesting. And I'm your host, Hannah, a Life Beyond the Veil coach, priestess, and astrologist, and I guide you to unleash your source powers, leverage your inner blueprint, and sync with life's algorithm to manifest your wildest dreams. Because hey, we're multidimensional beings playing this game of life. Let's make it fun and magical. We are so grateful that you're here, and together, we're here to serve as your sacred, sacred sister. sister. Let's dive in. Hello, sacred beings, and welcome to another episode of Sacred Sister Podcast. My name is Britt, and we're so excited to present this eighth episode of season three with you. We're sitting down today with Jules Acree. Jules is a wellness writer, content creator, and certified yoga and mindfulness teacher. Her daily mission is to bring wellness down to earth and to help you simplify life to find more joy in this digital age. Through her journey, she's learned it's all about the small shifts made consistently that add up to sustained change. Together, she says, let's find more ease and ditch the all-or-nothing mindset, shall we? Jules is the founder of Ohm in the City, a mindful lifestyle blog, empowering women to invest in their well-being and pursue their purpose while having as much fun as possible. She also recently launched The Home Bodies, a cozy concept shop for feel-good spaces and more intentional living. They curate sustainable goods from small batch makers and mindful brands trying to do things differently. It's her hope that her little shop will inspire joyful rituals, low-waste living, and a less-but-better mindset. On a personal level, I'm so excited, honored, thrilled, inspired by, and just like eek little girl inside me is screaming (laughs) at having her on the podcast. I started reading Omen the City blog in 2016. It was the first mindful lifestyle blog that I had ever read. Jules actually inspired me to start my own blog. I called it Yoga Nourish Spirit a long, long time ago, mostly focusing on all things mind, body, spirit. So with yoga, it was the physical body, nourish, it was all kinds of recipes. I was a newly plant-based vegan and I live in my kitchen, so I was so excited to share a ton of recipes with people. And with the spirit aspect, I had just gotten my yoga teacher training and was really eager to open up dialogue on these more subtle realms, awakening our consciousness and finding more meaning and joy and fulfillment in life. 
My blog has since taken on many, many different faces and been rather inconsistent, if I'm being completely honest. (laughs) As I've grown this podcast and my YouTube channel, I have such strong Gemini in my chart that it's like sometimes very hard for me to just focus on one project. I can get bored. So I love having like nine different projects to work on at any given time, which gives me that moniker, slow and steady wins the race. That's like the moniker that I live by. And it's a really refreshing piece to have someone like Jules in my life who seems to just have it all together. She was one of the first people to really open up on the comparison game and really talk about unfollowing people that don't make you feel the best about yourself, that you find yourself comparing yourself to a lot. And Jules has admittedly been one of those people that periodically I have unfollowed on social media outlets because I have found myself in a comparison loop with her and her inspiring business and just seeing the things that she was doing and comparing myself to them in an unkind way to myself. And I didn't get the chance to share that with her in the interview, but Jules, I know you're listening right now. (laughs) And I really have no shame about opening up about that. I think it's so important that We as audience members and teachers and community leaders open up about these really vulnerable processes that all of us go through and have to at one time or another feel through and really cultivate what our own personal truth is in that way. You know, that comparison game can be a real life shaker when the voices, the whispers start coming into your head like, oh, you should be doing it this way, or oh, look how beautiful that is, maybe you should try doing that. Oh, what is your deal with consistency? You know, it's those things that whenever you're looking at someone else and trying to like fill the shoes of a path that is just not yours, there is such deep, potent medicine and reckoning with that piece of yourself and just admitting that it's there. This is the beauty of shadow work that we're able to do as spiritual entrepreneurs and just regular old people living life from a conscious awareness state that is interested and curious to know what our own imbalances are and how to go about healing them and balancing them. Before moving on to our next item of business, so to speak, I just want to relay one of the really special things that I found in being an audience member of Jules's is that she's just so honest. (laughs) She's so vulnerable with her processes and just so real. I love that. I love how down to earth she is. And you'll really get a sense for how down to earth Jules is in this interview. She admits when she's tired. She admits when she's feeling overwhelmed. A big main vein in her business mission is being real, being honest, not having to feel like she has to make everything big and pretty and cute and light and fun and positive all the time. And I really love that. I think that the community needs even more of that. And I'm so happy that Jules is showing up in that way to her audience and to the world. Before we dive into this episode, it's actually a very vulnerable um, piece for me to open up on, but I feel like it would be so (laughs) inauthentic to not let the Sacred Sister podcast audience know what's going on in our personal lives. Um, On September 5th, I lost my father in a motorcycle accident, 
and um, it's been a really, really tough last few weeks. Uh, we were contemplating rescheduling this interview, but I was feeling really good the morning of, and I just really wanted to sit down and have this inspiring conversation. It's so important for me to open up dialogue on um, on the grieving process. So many of us experience death and loss in our lives, and I feel like there's a big hole around the conversation of how to go about sitting with all of that and just how to like find a new normal in this really traumatic time. Even if you're not experiencing death and loss, all of us are experiencing a lot of death in our lives right now, just with the way that our society is and the way that our lives now look. 2020 has been a really beautiful teacher for us in the realm of attachment and allowing the self to be flexible. So in this time of slowing down and taking a big step back from social media, I am really excited to just keep feeling into the beginning stages of this grieving process and reporting back to you whenever it feels good. It's so important for me to give myself the slow time that I need to grieve and scream and cry and just totally, totally fall apart. And it's also really important for me to show up whenever I feel good to do it. <laughs> and whenever I'm feeling waves of peace and calm and when I'm feeling into the possibility that this was my dad's path. A lot of you who have been listening for a long time know that I lost my mom just 20 months ago. And this is just like another really, really hard thing for my family to feel into. But we are doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> Thank you so much for those of you who are listening, who feel compassion for myself, for my family. If you do wish to extend well wishes and prayers to my family, you can pray for us by name if that feels good to you. Praying for my sister Charity, her children Talon and Cadence, my dad's grandchildren, my name is Brittany Lynn LaBeouf, and my husband is Curtis LaBeouf. Please keep us and my dad's family in your prayers during this really hard and challenging time. The only peace that we're finding in all of this is that we know that my mom and dad are back together now, and we're so blessed to have that peace of awareness within us. The podcast host side of me says... Don't put a damper on this episode. <laughs> it's getting really dark and really serious, but the real person behind the podcast host is saying, this is exactly what we mean when we talk about toxic positivity and wanting to keep things light and fun and fancy and free all the time. This is real life. I think it's so important for all of us to get into a deeper space of comfortability when talking about some real shit that's going down, real hardships and normalizing and getting as comfortable as we can get with being able to sit with people in their hardships. So I just wanted to interject and put that in here. We're so, so excited to dive in with Jules and just talk about intentional living. She's such an inspiring wellness entrepreneur. I'm so proud of everything that she's put out. Jules has been such a integral part of the weaving of my own growth fabric 
and I'm just so grateful to now have her on the podcast. If you are feeling resonant with this podcast and you'd like to extend your own support to us, you can leave us a comment or a rating on our podcast. It's helpful for the future searchability of Sacred Sister Podcasts so that more sacred beings just like yourself can stumble upon this podcast at the perfect time for them. Thank you so much for your listenership. We are so grateful for you. And without much more, let's hop over to Hannah's astrology segment where we're going to take a look at Jules Acre's energetic DNA and how it shows up for her in her life. Hello and welcome to the Inner Blueprint reading of Jules. I'm your host Hannah and I'm so excited to do this little astrology reading of our guest. I love doing these because it shows what kind of archetypes are within them and how are they expressing them in their lives. And while you are listening to the conversation that we'll have with Jules, you can notice those little pieces of what I'm going to tell you about right now and realize, oh yeah, that's her sun. Oh, that's her moon. That's her Saturn. So uh, yeah, see if you can recognize some of those. So this is Jules' chart. Her son is in Libra, in the 8th house, and Libra is the archetype of the beauty, and it's here to harmonize and bring balance and peace and bring people together, bring two opposites and make them one. And I love how she called her blog Om and the City, because it literally brings those two opposites together, the Om, the flow of living, the spiritual part of our lives, and then the city, which is the work, the hustle, the go, go, go mentality. How can we bring both of them together and just as Jules likes to call it, have that healthy hustle in our lives? And then her moon is in Capricorn, conjunct her Saturn. So Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn. And the conjunction really shows that that Capricornian energy is so important for Jules to feel safe and comfortable and also to really allow herself to shine her light fully. Well, first we need to charge our moon in order to be able to shine our sun. So for Jules, it is all in the 12th house as well. So what she needs to feel comfortable is to create the structure, this organization, this plan, so that she can, this is where the 12th house comes in, so she can flow through her day easy and effortlessly. It's almost like she creates a riverbank and it takes her exactly where she needs to go by the end of the day. That's her plan. And then she brings in the water. She allows her flow to just take her wherever that is. But in the end, it will all take her to the end goal, that which Capricorn loves, the Saturn, right? Her rising sign is also in Capricorn. So the way that she expresses herself and sees the world through is through that boss perspective, through the manager, the organizer. She's able to take charge and is not afraid to put in the hard work and be disciplined and focused and getting shit done. But at the same time, she does it in a way that is peaceful and flowing. So, and I really love this about the chart she has a god's finger 
And a God's finger shows a special mission in our life, and it usually has something to do with first we have to figure it out on our own, and it can be sometimes quite painful to figure that process out. And then we are here to give that to others. And her God's finger is da da da, da pointing to Venus. Venus in the seventh house. Venus is the ruler of Libra and the seventh house is the house of Libra. So we again have that Libra archetype there. Her God's finger, her mission is to bring peace and harmony and beauty into the world and help others find that balance within themselves so that they can express themselves fully and shine their light. Venus is in Leo. So it's all about, you know, doing things with intention and following your heart doing what brings you joy and finding a way how you can bring that balance into your life and now guess with what planet it's also connected with her god's finger of course with her moon and conjunct saturn so we have that organization piece that structure that riverbank that she's creating for the day the management that she has and then allows herself to flow throughout the day so that she can find more of that peace within her own life and therefore also help others create that structure for their life so that they can have more an intentional living of enjoying the simple moments and flowing through life the other side of the god's finger is connected with neptune in the second house and Neptune is the spiritual aspect and the second house is our mundane world. So it's about seeing the spiritual, the sacred within the mundane, making those simple moments so special. I know that she loves plants, which is also the second house of Mother Earth, of Taurus energy, of the earthiness, the grounding to being present in the very moment on this mundane world that we're living in and seeing the sacredness and everything. And so both of these are connected and pointing to her God's finger and it really symbolizes her mission, what she's here to do, to help people find peace and harmony and beauty in their own lives by creating a structure that allows them to flow through the day, to express themselves fully and see the sacred in the simple moments. A kindred flame, may we light one another From the ashes rise Oh, we rise Oh, So let's all exhale through our mouth, letting out all the existing stale air and inhale fresh air through the nose, filling up the body and exhale through the mouth. And this time inhale through the nose, feel the lips closed and exhale through the nose, letting the breath graze the back of the throat. 
One more together. I do agree. It feels good to find some stillness and some some quiet before diving into, I'm sure, a very dynamic conversation with two beautiful ladies. I know that during this time, it's been a lot of ups and downs for a lot of people and for me too. But I think remembering the power of connection and community even from afar and through our screens, I think it's so important to not lose sight of that connection, even though it's easy to fall back into your cocoon and want to isolate. But some of the best practices for being healthy and feeling vibrant and alive is connecting with one another. So thank you both for having me today. That was beautiful. Thank you so much, Jules. (laughs) And welcome, welcome to you, welcome to every pair of ears that is listening to this episode from whatever corner of the globe that you're tuning in from today. We are so excited to be seated here with you today, and we're sitting here with uh, Jules. Hi, Jules Acree of Home in the City blog. Welcome to Sacred Sister Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Wow. So this is one of those moments for me that I've had a couple times on this podcast because we've been so blessed with the guests that we've been featuring. But Jules, uh, you've been like one of the the foremost figures in my life. I feel like you introduced me to what influencership was. Like in 2017, you were one of the first mindful lifestyle blogs that I started reading in like 2016. You inspired me to start my own blog. It's just so special to have you here on the podcast. And I just really wanted to acknowledge you for so much of the work that you've put out and the mindful content. And I'm just so excited to open this conversation with you today. I love that. I love that you've been reading along since 2016. That's so cool. I know. I remember, I remember us having DMs back and forth all those years ago. So it's really cool. Even though I haven't met you in person, I do feel like I know you in a sense. So it's really uh, full circle. I feel like to be on your podcast. Yeah. So beautiful. (laughs) And I'm so excited to meet you and talk to you today. And we'll want to be like, opening up on the art of intentional living so awesome I feel like you're such a pioneer in this intentional way of how you have your blog how you do your entrepreneurship how it all started for you and how you're thriving it seems like you're truly like simplifying and thriving and it's (laughs) inspiring (laughs) thank you I would love to know how did this all start? How was Almond the City born? And what's your story? That is always such a loaded question for me. <laughs> like, how did I start? Because it started, I want to say, I mean, it's been about seven, seven and a half years, I believe, since I had the idea of wanting to start a blog and actually purchasing the domain and going through all of that. Um, but I'd say like the space has evolved so much and so quickly over the years, just like the internet space itself. Um, but I started simply because I love writing. I've been writing my whole life, whether it's 
creative writing, songs, lyrics, poetry. Um, Brittany, I know that we have music in common. We both connect very much to music and um, that's still like a part of my life in a very small way, but um, it is a way of expressing myself. So I'd say I started Om in the City just out of a pure need for an outlet to write, to express like the journey I was going through, the things I was learning in wellness, um, in natural skincare, in eating real foods. And it was like a healing process for me because I was also before that I was going through some mental health issues with like depression and eating disorder. And so having that blog, it was my way of kind of reclaiming my health on my own terms and being able to like document that journey. So I had no way of knowing that it would evolve into my full-time job. So I started out with purely the lens of just needing to express myself and, and it evolved and it shifted. And now it's like kind of crazy to, to still be doing that because I feel like a lot of the times when I was in like the nine to five world, I would kind of hop from job to job, not necessarily out of intention, but because it wasn't feeling in alignment with me and I wasn't happy. And so I would try to shift and find a different uh, job. But then what was always consistent for me was my love for blogging and that continued on. So I'd say this is the longest I've held a job for and it's for myself. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the best. (laughs) Yeah. And I love how you said that you started out with the intention to just express yourself. That's so beautiful because it's your sun, right? That's our sun. That's how we shine our light in this world. And it's like we are all creatives in in our way. And you're a Libra sun, which is just so perfect. Like when I saw that you're Libra sun, I was like, oh my gosh, of course she is. (laughs) Everything is so beautified and harmonious and balanced and peaceful. And it's just this beautiful yeah the way that you express yourself is just shining your light into the world and I love that that was your original intention because yeah you know in in this day and age it's so easy for us to feel like okay I need to make money or I need to you know build my own business okay what do I start what is needed from the people or you know, like looking at from that perspective of having the intention of like building a successful business. Mm -hmm. But I love that your intention was just, I'm just going to express myself. And then that's how (laughs) things flow. It's really is like that. And it's, I do feel, I do feel that when you are, and you guys, I'm sure you know this, like when you are fully in alignment with something, it's like the gift that keeps on giving because you the creativity is there. Like what you're saying is there, the words are there. Everything is just kind of flowing out of you because you've hit that alignment. And so I know that I do feel lucky that like I was able to figure that out early on. And I know like we're always going to evolve and our interests are going to shift. And so it's hard to um, continue to like ask yourself like, well, what's, what do I want to do next? Or how, what, what am I doing that doesn't feel in alignment, even though I started it feeling in alignment. Mm -hmm. So just knowing that as you grow, things are also going to have to grow and shift and change too. Mm -hmm. And it's not always like an easy answer for what that next thing is. But I think just being open to things changing is a good thing. 
I think it's amazing how you've had this for seven years and you still stayed with the same brand and same name. <laughs> I just know for myself, I'm like always reimagining something new and I'm like, I want to change this up and change that. Like, how do you yeah. stay so grounded in that brand? Well, it's so funny because the name was one of the easiest things for me to come up with. I feel like it was one of those things that just clicked one day and like, oh, this makes sense. And I feel connected to it now. Like I would say like, it still applies and you know, I could live, I started it when I was in New York city. So I was thinking of like, um, and the city, you know, the, the fusion of finding my pocket of peace in a busy chaotic city, but no matter where you live, you're living in the city. So like it still applies. And no matter how like much hustle and bustle it is around you, it's still a good reminder to, find that sense of groundedness wherever you are. And so I still connect to the name this to this day. Um, but obviously like I'm looking at expanding other things. I just launched my shop, the homebody. So that's a different name, but it's under the same umbrella, I guess, technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love what you just said right now about the pocket of peace and what you said a minute ago about staying in alignment. And I'm really curious. Um, There's this sense, even though I feel like maybe you don't talk about it as much on your blog, I can tell that you're fully in alignment with yourself. And I just like being someone that is so in love with astrology and knowing that you're Libra sun and you really resonate with that sun sign. I'm really curious if you like, I guess a two-part question. One, like what are some of the spiritual practices that you are finding really help you come back into alignment at this time in your life in this season? And also like, what do you do when you start noticing that you might be falling out of alignment or if you start getting confused about what your message is, or do you ever find yourself like in taking other people's opinions? I do that a lot and, and like getting confused with like what your perspective is. Totally. I mean, I actually feel like I'm in that state of confusion right now. It's it's so funny because like last week I was feeling so in alignment and this week I'm like feeling a little off and I don't really know like what exactly, and I can't like pinpoint what exactly the reason is, but it's just one of those weeks where I'm feeling the imposter syndrome and feeling like I'm not good enough or I'm not clear enough or, you know, and that ebbs and flows. And so luckily I feel like I have the tools in my toolbox to recognize those emotions and know that that's always going to be shifting and changing and knowing that last week I was on cloud nine. So what shifted, you know? Um, but I do think that one of the best things we can all do is to physically distance ourselves from our phones um, as often as possible, because I think that really does create um, a lot more anxiety than, than what we would have had if we, you know, weren't on our phones for our work all the time. Um, it can get really noisy and I turn off all my notifications. I feel like I put my best foot forward in terms of setting those boundaries, but yet it's still one of those things that's like a constant practice. So I think anytime I'm starting to feel lost or confused, it's, it's more, it's usually because I need to tune out the outside world and tune into myself. So whether that's deciding to be out in nature all day, not be on my computer, not check emails, I think that's when I really when I'm able to like consume good conscious things around me versus like consuming what just pops up without my decision, like on the phone or on my 
Google or whatever it is, news, things that I try to control, but like, it's not really my curation of stuff mm-hmm. versus like, for example, like an Instagram feed, you can choose who you follow. It's a neutral tool. If it's a bad experience for you, then maybe you're not following the right people, but that's just one area of my thing that I can control, but I can't always control who's in my inbox. I can't always control what ads I'm served. I can't control what shows up on Google on, on news, all that kind of stuff. So sometimes just distancing yourself from that is what we all need. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's such a part of that intentional living, right? As you were just saying, like, I can't control whatever people to do and say, but I can be intentional with who I connect with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think all a big part of intentional living um, is really just slowing down and not giving into that autopilot um, behavior and like just doing things because you are used to always doing it that way. But the more we're able to like sit even like for a split second, just like think for a sec, do I really need to buy that? Do I really need to defend my stance on this? Do I need to, you know, like make an excuse for this, you know, like there's just things that pop up in in conversations, even with like people you love or, you know, like picking and choosing your battles or same thing with work. It's like, do I need to do that? Is it worth going through that route of, you know, of opening those cans of worms and things like that. So I think just slowing down and rather than our gut reactions to things, um, I think is often helpful for me in any way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I feel like it's just so inspiring for me to be sitting here asking you these questions. And I love how it's like the, the great people that we sit down to talk to on this podcast. And when we really open up deep dialogue and find out how simplified they really try to make their lives, it's like just so inspiring to me because it always seems like when we're intaking these people that we admire so much and we're super inspired by it, it sometimes seems like they must have things that we don't or something, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's internal gifts or outward material things, but it's just so inspiring to, to be hearing these words of affirmation that are like, Oh yeah, really. It's a simple, like the meaning, the juicy, good, like, heartfelt experiences are just from the meaning that I place within the simplest things. Like I was mm-hmm. getting, I was getting home from, uh, New Mexico. And for those of you that might not know, um, in our audience, uh, my father passed away a week and a half ago and I hadn't been able to sit at my altar space until last night. And I only had the energy to dust my altar space. And it made me cry so many tears. Cause I was like, this is what life is about is finding the sacredness, finding the sacred practices inside of your life. And whatever that looks like, even if it's just taking the things off your altar and dusting, and that's all you have the energy for that day. If the meaning and the intention is inside of you, it rejuvenates you in a way that it could, it doesn't matter if you spend five minutes or 20 hours, you know, doing something, you're always able to work with it. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, recognizing that the all or nothing mindset doesn't serve anybody. Um, You don't have to be all in or all out. Same thing with, you know, you can make one decision and because you only have the time for that, whether it's, for example, movement, like I only have 10 minutes today. 
those 10 minutes count, like it counts. So you don't have to think like, oh, I don't have time for, you know, like just it's thrown out the window. Everything's just done. We have the power to shift our day within a moment's notice if we really want to. And you can either let something um, have like a conflict and you can either like let it weigh you down the rest of the day because of that one interaction that was not so positive that morning and you can let that bring you down the rest of your day or, you know, or you can shift it. But as well as, you know, learning to shift things, you also know that like these emotions are human and these ups and downs are going to like happen to everybody. But at the same time, you know, you feel those feelings, but there used to be times where I would think, oh, that person was so mean to me. Like, and I just keep replaying it over and over in my head. And it's like, why am I letting that negativity take up space and energy in my life right now when I could literally just be like, cool, that hurt, moving on, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and I love how you were saying, Britt, about like really simplifying and bringing the sacredness into the little things. And I feel like you, Jules, you love plants. And I, mm-hmm. I watched um, the video where you talk about the five life lessons that you've learned from plants. And I oh, love yeah. it so much. It's so good. It's just <laughs> so you. true. Those little pieces, like c- taking care of my plants is such a meditative practice for me too. And I love digging my hands into the soil. And just yesterday I was thinking, it's so funny how officially when you type in like gardening photos um because I was looking for something for my blog to have like a a photo of like hands and the soil and like I was like typing in gardening and we see gloves so many gloves (laughs) people putting gloves in and I'm like wow it's so normal that we think we have to wear these gloves and I get it when there's cactus and thorns and stuff like but like for the normal earth and just like planting replanting plants I love to not wear any clothes and I just <laughs> yeah my you know my bare hands and I dig into the soil and I feel it and I get dirty but it feels so good and it's so it has such great health benefits too like scientifically seen as well yeah no absolutely I I feel you right there I think it's funny because whenever I am like repotting a plant it's usually like something I haven't necessarily planned in advance it's like oh I, I I should just go do this right now and I always happen to be wearing white and my husband's always like why do you repot plants when you're wearing all white I'm like I wasn't thinking about it but I'm not afraid to get dirty so <laughs> let's go for it <laughs> that's too funny and it whenever you were just saying about the skin making contact with the dirt Hannah I was thinking about a couple years ago whenever I like I used to be so afraid of dirt. And I realized the first time that I went to Spirit Weavers, it's this uh, this women's gathering in Southern California. And the woman I was in the car carpooling up to the place with was like, oh, I just can't wait to take my shoes off and roll around in the dirt and not wear my shoes the entire time and just get muddy and get dirty. And I was like, I looked at her and I was like, oh, there's like no bigger fear in my life. And I realized in at that gathering how ungrounded I was and how like irrational, I had so many irrational fears. And one of those was that my parents always made me wear shoes and they never let me walk on the bare earth. So I told myself, 
I'm going to take my shoes off too. And I'm not going to wear shoes the entire gathering and just see what happens at the end of it. And I was like, you know, tiptoeing like so painfully across just like regular ground. And (laughs) by the end of it, it was so nice because I I was able to walk on the earth. And I just want to say that for anyone that's listening to this right now who maybe hasn't thought about that, but you know that you don't like getting sand between your toes or dirt on your feet, like check in with the chakra system and check in with how rooted and how grounded you feel. That can be incredible medicine for you. I mean, it was for me. Yes. And yeah. I feel like it's like an American thing too, because the only people that I've met that never, that always have to wear shoes or even socks when going on the grass. Yeah. It has been here in America, but me coming from Germany, we walk around barefoot and that's what it is. But, you know, whatever. There are different people in all countries. But that was just like my experience. That was the first time that I realize wow there are people where it's really hard to walk barefoot and I love that you just shared that story Britt because I know my husband had a hard time and I always ask him take off your socks come on he's like walking <laughs> around in the grass with socks and I'm like no take them off <laughs> my daughter is already so used to like when we get to a grass she's like I'm gonna take off my shoes and she goes and throws her shoes away and runs around in the meadow I'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I feel like I've been barefoot for most of this quarantine time so <laughs> I'm like outside in our patio pretty much barefoot and anytime we like do any street things on our or any neighbor things on our street we're like all barefoot walking out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yes. feel like by the end of the day, if your feet aren't dirty, <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> what were you even doing that day? And True. Jules, I know you're a yoga instructor too. And uh, my teacher, Annie Carpenter, one of the first things she says all the time is just like, let's get out of those shoes. Let's wake up the arches of the feet. And, you know, like the, the soles of the feet and the way that you stand is literally like some of the foundations of the health of your body, the way that we mm-hmm. hold our body too. And I know that I used to be super, super flat footed, but integrating a lot of yoga into my practice has not only gotten rid of so much to my scoliosis and I grew over an inch when I started doing yoga, but it's wow. activated so many of the arches of my feet too. Yeah, that's amazing. I think, I mean, obviously there's so many health benefits to yoga and it's the one consistent movement that I've held on to, you know, over the years since college. Cause I, there was a time when I hated yoga it's because I mm-hmm. thought it was boring and I was laughing because it's too quiet in there. I couldn't handle the silence, but I was mm-hmm. also really young and just wasn't mature enough to handle mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, definitely grows you in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to touch on something a little bit different now, because I feel like you're such a magician at organization and executing like really a productive workflow. And I just recently saw you release some content on like batch tasking. Um, but just like knowing how to balance personal relatability with your audience and also delivering like informative education and your work performance obviously is just skyrocketing all the time. Do you feel like these are like natural and intuitive gifts of yours or have they been like a really learned thing over time? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I have always been someone who likes to plan ahead. And I think that's kind of one of the first steps to making the most of your time and energy is just 
being prepared or planning ahead. Um, but beyond that, like I, when it comes to like my space and, you know, being intentional about what's on my desk and what's in my home, all that kind of stems from the fact that I have anxiety and clutter plays a big role into that anxiety into managing it. Um, so I think that it's, I've learned so much over just being an entrepreneur and working from home. There's things that like I was doing um, at the start of working for myself to learning that that's not really serving me. And I'm losing a lot of time and focus and energy when I could be, you know, performing at a, I could be doing the same task in half the time just because Mm -hmm. I've eliminated the distractions. And I, I feel like most of us, we would like to spend less time working and more time living our lives. Right. So why not find a way to, you know, harmoniously be more efficient. And, you know, if we can cut out the distractions the best we can, that's going to help us um, get more done because we still at the end of the day have to get, got to get shit done (laughs) and you have to, you know, make the pay your bills and all that stuff. We can't just, you know, pretend like that doesn't exist. So um, I think productivity often gets like a bad rap because mm-hmm. um, people can go too far in one direction of like production is their worth product, like just being constantly producing and producing and feeling like that is your identity in a way. That's, that's not how I like to approach it. I am a Libra. I like to be pretty like mellow and balanced about things. So for me, it's not about wrapping up your worth and how much you accomplish and how much you get done and how much, you know, you feel that is wrapped up in success. It's about making the most of your time being efficient so that you can free up your time outside of work to live your life and do more things that are just because, not because you're trying to constantly work on your personal growth. Like sometimes you just want to like sing a pop song because it's fun. And sometimes you just want to, you know, there doesn't always have to be a reason behind things that you do. Totally. I feel like that comes right back to that living intentionally, living with intention. So my next question is like, was it the chicken or the egg? Did you start to notice that you were working a ton and realize that it was bringing you out of balance and you intentionally started, you know, bringing in the practices that let you be better with your time management or, or how did that start expanding for you? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like there was a time where I was getting burnt out because, and that's when I developed the healthy hustle, my little like freebie on my, on my, um, blog. I think it's sometimes you have to hit that rock bottom to realize you've gone too far and you don't want to feel that again, or that's not, that's not sustainable for your, for, um, your well-being. So, um, there's definitely times where I've like dipped in and out of that. And there's times where you have to sprint because you have like a deadline and there's like a project you're working on. You're feeling really fueled up and energized by it. But it's good to acknowledge that, you know, working early mornings and late nights back to back to back ongoing is not good for your mental health or your physical health. Um, so for me, I had to I just had to experience that to realize I don't want to feel like that. And like, why am I working so, so hard? If like, what, what's the point of all this? What am I working towards? Mm -hmm. Can I find a little bit more peace in what I'm doing and realize that like what I'm doing is fulfilling is fulfilling for me. And I don't necessarily need to be constantly go, go, go. And I think leaving New York was a good practice for me personally, just because I think I was in that, 
go, go, go mentality while also surrounded by others in that go, go, go mentality and learning that that necessarily isn't right for me 100% of the time. And I prefer to operate more um, intuitively, like going with the flow and the, the, the waves of my own emotions and my own energy output. I can't, you know, we can't wake up and expect to operate the same way every day. We don't wake up with the same amount of energy every day with the same um, mental clarity and focus. Like it's different every day. So I like to wake up and ask myself, how are you feeling today? How's, how's my brain? How's my heart? How's my body feel? And approach it day by day in that way, knowing that I have the tools in my toolbox to try to make the most of it, but also knowing that some days are going to be a total wash and that's okay. But yeah, I think it's learning from experience, but also I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to tools and technology. And I really love playing around with different productivity apps and anything that I can use that's like modern day technology to make my life simpler and more automated. The things that are just redundant, that I just don't need to spend extra time on. That's those are fun for me. Like I just nerd out on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so amazing. I love that. And what would you say for for people that are listening to this who already have a blog or who are about to or feel inspired to start a blog? What would you say are like three tips that you would give them for to help them have a successful blog just like you? I would say the first thing is have your vision. Like, what are you excited to share? I think a lot of times people look at, you know, from A to Z, they look at Z at the end result versus like how to get to that end result. You have to start from the beginning. And so you need to have, you know, your clear vision of like, what do you want to put out there? What, what do you want people to learn from you, feel inspired by from you? Like, what do you want people to know about you? Um, so get clear on that vision um, because there's no content. There's no blog. If you don't have that, that has to come first. Um, the second thing is consistency. I think a lot of times people expect things to just happen and it's, it just, it doesn't happen if you're not consistently showing up. And there are, I've been consistently blogging since I started seven years ago. There was like a tiny period where I stopped because I was questioning whether it was worth doing it. I was questioning, should I just delete my blog? Nobody's reading it. I don't feel like, I feel like I'm speaking to nobody. So there was that time where I doubted it and I was, I almost deleted it and I'm glad that I didn't. But when I came back with, it was after my yoga teacher training in Nicaragua, I came back and I was like, okay, I really care about this. It makes me want to cry the thought of deleting this platform because I have poured so much of my heart and soul into it. So I'm just going to keep going. And hopefully one day I will attract the right people who will enjoy what I'm putting out there. So I kept consistently showing up and I think, yeah, consistency and, and heart, (laughs) you just have to have a heart. And then the third thing, I guess, from a more practical more like actionable thing um, is is to be strategic and to think of all the free resources out there on the internet. Um, there's so many YouTube videos. You can connect with so many different people. You can find mentors. You can, um, I'm pretty sure like anything that you want to start, someone has done it before and has paved some sort of way for people to learn. So utilize your resources that are on the internet. Mm. Totally. I love, I mean, even you just mentioning about the guide just now that there are guides out there that can help you. I invested in your mindful entrepreneurship mentorship program last year and uh, 
what a beautiful, it's like, I'm so happy that you offered that to your audience. And I know that you've done a couple seasons since then, but I'm really curious to know what your perspective is on self-investment. And um, even if you would want to share some of the things that have been like really, really beautiful benchmark pieces of your own self-investment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd say that investing in yourself is is one of the best things you can do for yourself and your own personal growth. I think um, a lot of times people can justify spending money on more material things that they can see and hold and touch mm-hmm. and feel, but like knowledge and information is not always something that you can like tangibly um, experience. So I think that it's, you have to kind of step back a little bit and think about, you know, is this information going to set me up onto a path that I'm excited to go down? Is this information going to help shorten the amount of time that I have to do personal research on? Cause sometimes, you know, that's why you work with a mentor or you take a course because that information may already be out there on the internet, but the amount of time that you're going on there trying to search and piecemeal it all together, you're following someone's path who maybe has already done it this way and you connect to their mission. And so I do think live, uh, I do think, you know, looking to people that you see a little bit of yourself in Mm -hmm. and people that you admire and look up to in your own business, I think that's a good way to learn from people and cut through the clutter and not have to do trial and error, trial and error, because sometimes time is of the essence where you're, you're feeling inspired, you're ready to do this. And sometimes when things feel like it's taking longer, you give up. So I do think investing in something you're passionate about, investing in further knowledge um, is really, really amazing and really can't put a price tag on it. Yeah, exactly. Hannah and I know this so well because both of us are life coaches too. Mm -hmm. And these are conversations that I personally love having with people because I know that I did used to be on the other side where I would look at people that were charging for non-material things and I had my own money wounds that I was working with. So there was a part of me that was like, how could they, you know, charge whatever it is that they're charging for it? it's already inside of them. Like, why wouldn't they just give it out anyways? But there's such a sacred part of that process that it's like, it is a, it is a complete energy exchange where Mm -hmm. when you're handing over money to someone who's going to help guide you in X, Y, and Z way, you're not only funding their own beautiful life that they're creating for themselves, but you're honoring the time that they've spent, the hours that Mm -hmm. they've spent, the large chunk of time that they've spent to cultivate this gift that you're now inspired by. So it makes sense that you would have to pay for it. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's a big takeaway too, is like a lot of the things that people are putting out there. Um, they did the years of work leading up to hopefully, you know, cause there's yeah. a lot of things being sold out there who haven't right. <laughs> gone through it. But, totally. um, for me, like creating, I don't offer the mentorship program anymore just because there's other things I'm more excited to work on. But when I was creating that, I wrote down, what did I do for the last six years at that point to get to where I am? And I worked backwards from there and created the course out of that. Mm -hmm. So it was like my own blueprint and things that I've learned. And I think that's a very personalized thing, depending on like whose course you're taking is still going to have their personal journey attached to it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I, I definitely am all for investing in your self and your own knowledge. And I think 2020 is a good year to do that too. Yeah. Geez. This year, it seems like so much is rolling out for so many people and it's big waves, whatever it is. It seems like for most people, it's big waves. And I wanted to add this into 
such a beautiful part of this process for anyone that's listening to this who who is hearing us talking about hiring guides or hiring mentors or finding a coach. Also, like with that being one of the choices, for some people, they may not feel resonant with that at all. And you might want to devote five years, just as I have. I only started like getting coaches recently. But if you feel like you have the amount of time to really like get into your own garden and dig with your own hands and learn things slowly, you don't always have to learn things really quickly and find the Mm -hmm. courses and find the guide, find the mentor. So this is another really beautiful part that we love talking about with Sacred Sister Podcast is that it always depends. Mm -hmm. And the greatest way that you're going to find the path that's right for you is by getting really still, sinking into your own heart space and really asking like, who, who am I? Cause it doesn't matter yeah. uh, essentially like who you're inspired by and what their path has looked like, because you're your own unique inv- individual and everything is going to roll out for you in the way that you want it to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it's super important, like to one, have your own vision, even before whether you're going to go down the route of taking a course or not taking a course you know, to have that vision in your head of like, how do you imagine, like, what is a happy life to you? What are you doing? Where do you live? Who are you with? What's surrounding you kind of manifesting that energy first? Because Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately, like I, it's, it was new to me to even look at paying for a course or a mentor or a business coach or a guide or anything like that. Um, That was new for me in the last couple of years. But I think that all years leading up to it was me just trying to just put out there what felt good. And it's not very complicated. It's just, I'm putting out what feels good, what feels aligned. And, you know, whether or not that's your full-time job, you can still always express yourself um, and find different outlets. Even if you are working full-time nine to five for another company, there's a lot of self-discovery that uh, we can have on our own in the off hours of, of work life. Yes, exactly. And I remember a couple months ago, you posting something on your Instagram story saying that you used to have this uh, past with music or uh, that you used to sing a lot and that you had been feeling like you were so far away from the way that you used to use your voice or something like this, that it was almost mm-hmm. like harder to get started. And I remember DMing you and being like, I was in the same spot, but I'm so happy that I started opening my voice again. And, you know, the, the, the more comfortable you are, the better that it's going to sound. And how has that process been going for you? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, that's why I got this little mic here because <laughs> I, one, I'm using it for voiceovers for my YouTube videos. Um, but two, I got it because I, you can sing and do it. And it's nice. Yes. Like I, I used to have, I had a couple blue Yeti mics in the past, um, for singing, but yeah, it's just one of those things that like, I used to do it so much. And that was like my summer job was singing professionally and that to like stop doing it and to be in a different world and kind of lose, like shed that identity in a way was strange for me, but it was just one of those things where like, I moved to New York, I lived in a small apartment, I couldn't sing very loudly, I didn't want to disrupt people. And I just found my voice just getting smaller and smaller and smaller and quieter until until I just felt like I couldn't Mm -hmm. access it anymore. And so when I sing now, I'm like, you need to sing because it makes you feel good and feel happy and not because you care about how it sounds. It may not sound the way it used to, you may not have the range that you used to, but like, do you still feel good doing it? And so that's what I'm trying to do is like not hold on to what I feel like I used to be able to do or sing better in the past, but like just sing because it feels good. Yes, exactly. Are you there, Hannah? 
I am here. I just had to turn off my video because um, the internet here has been really weird. I don't know if you guys hear that, but for me, it's been really cutting off in and out. So um, I'm here. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that was so beautiful how you just said that because it's all about that living intentionally and knowing what is my intention? What is my dream? What makes me happy? And I'm just going to do it with no intention towards it being having to be successful or having to be loved by other people but just with the intention of I create from my heart mm -hmm. I do what absolutely doing. yes and that's when everything else flows into your life absolutely I want to say we want to honor your time because we just have four more minutes um so we have uh, every time by the end of each episode we ask our guests uh, three simple questions that you can just answer really quickly These are our sacred questions. You ready? Yes. So what does sacred mean to you? Sacred means to me. To me, sacred means something that is personal and protected in a way. So something that is for me and not for others. It's something that I do for myself with no expectation of anything external um, flowing through. It's really just like, this is my time. So I, I think of my mornings as sacred. That is my time to focus on, not focus on anything in, in particular, just to just be with myself in silence before the dogs and the husband get up and, uh, sacred. Yeah, no, it's pretty much just like protected space. <laughs> I love that. Beautiful. Um, who is a sacred sister to you and what does it mean to have a sacred sister? Oh, wow. I have many sacred sisters, I would say. Um, I can't just name one, but I feel like there's so many women in my life who have shaped who I am today. And, you know, there's so much that we learn from each other. But to me, a sacred sister is someone that challenges you in a good way, um, inspires you, someone who isn't afraid to push you to level up, to learn more, to stay educated and all the things and someone who inspires you to want to be better. And I really love surrounding myself with women that I am like, wow, they make me want to be better. <laughs> totally. And what are some of the ways that you turn something normal or mundane into something magical or sacred? I feel like I find so much joy from the simplest, most mundane things. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of what I talk about on, on the blog. Um, but yeah, just simply like watering my plants. There's just something so therapeutic about it. There's something so therapeutic about touching the leaves of the things that I'm growing. There's so much magic in that. I think just slow moments, hearing nature, hearing the birds, hearing the water flow through my garden like that. There's so many things that are very peaceful and, um, when we slow down to actually experience them, we're like, this is magical. Life itself is magical. The fact that I'm here right now is magical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so simple to come back to. <laughs> <laughs> Jules, we want to thank you so much for sitting down with us this afternoon and really just recognize all the beauty that you're putting out into the world. Thank you so much. You are inspiring thousands and thousands and thousands of beautiful beings on this planet. And we really love the way that you're showing up thank you thank you so much for having me mm -hmm. and to our audience i hope that this was inspiring to you too and helps you to 
simplify to amplify your life and to thrive and just create from your heart and have that way of really truly intentionally living and enjoying the simplest magical moments of life yes thank you thank you we hope that you have a good rest of your day you too it's nice meeting you hannah thank you Brittany. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye. Bye.